0: are opening. The agents of DERP are still in Arkham, leaving St. Mary's Hospital because they've been forcibly ejected. Do you guys want to reconvene and then decide where you wish to go?
1: Yes, I think that would be a fantastic idea.
2: So we just meet up outside by the truck? Yeah. Has the truck been tampered with? No. Finn and Philip are out there. And then Bruno and Cookie are physically escorted with haste outside the building and are just kind of left there.
1: As these two get escorted out, Philip is standing near the back of the van. He has his pipe out, he's puffing away at it and he seems to be muttering to himself while wearing his dark glasses about something regarding the the groundskeeper. Now, if we could only speak to him, and we could see what the difference is between him and the holy person that we spoke to earlier. Finn, what do you think?
3: Well, I don't know where he is, but yeah, we could hunt him down. Do we know... Do you know where he is?
1: I would assume he's at the Groundskeeper residence, but what do I know? I'm just apparently somebody who doesn't know anything in this blasted colonial university.
3: Well, at least you finally learn.
1: Ha! ha! Bloody Irish. Fucking tans. You'll look over as Bruno and Cookie get thrown out of the hospital. Bruno
2: will come walking up to you. You, uh... Ready to go? We just, uh... Go drop this off and the other things?
1: What... What other things?
2: You know, the... The other things. What. Other. Things. I just... Look to Finn and the cookie as though, like... Did you... Did you not see us take them? The... That uh, sacrificial bolt thing.
4: Sacrificial? Pu- oh my god! Cookie just shrugs. She wasn't there. She has no idea, anyway. And lights a cigarette.
3: Well, and uh, there was also a book of spells. It looked like some sort of chants and incantations.
2: Dangerous things to be leaving around.
3: That's the truth.
4: Are you guys stealing again?
2: No.
3: No, we're saving the world. We don't want these things getting in the wrong hands.
1: Philip will open the back of the truck. He'll look in. He'll see this bowl.
2: It's uh, dried blood on there. You know they like, and he'll lift his chin up and make a finger motion across his neck, and then like hand motions splurting
1: blood towards the bowl. Tell me, Bruno. Did you? by chance acquire a graduate degree in Polynesian archaeology in the past I don't know three weeks. When you were at the boardwalk acquiring peanuts and cotton candy? Look, we've seen some
2: messed up stuff over the past few years. So uh when I see some messed up stuff I don't want to be driving all the way back.
0: An extreme success Can you please tell them what these um items are that they are saving the world from?
1: Philip looks at this bowl, the sacrificial bowl. He goes stone-faced. I mean, it's this proper British lack of emotion. And he reaches over and he picks up this book. And he flips through it. He seems to be muttering to himself. Then he turns to look at Finn and Bruno. And you say these are... World-destroying items?
3: Well, the book's in Latin, and I know a fair bit. There are some keywords in there that looked awfully suspicious.
2: It's, uh, not necessarily world-ending, but, you know, like that thing, that one place we did.
1: The difference between the thing and the place that we did, and this, and he just drops the book onto the street is that that was an Acadian scroll from 3013 BC. This is a book of graduate student poetry circa six months ago, if I have anything to say about it, which I think I do. As for this bowl, the stain you see inside is from papaya, it is from Polynesia, They put crushed fruit inside it and then spit in it to make it ferment. It's how they make their juices and liquors of the jungle. Congratulations, you have saved the world, or at least the nation, from another device of distillation. Damn this
5: prohibition.
2: As you say that, I just reach into my coat and I pull out a little flask. I just hit it, and you're just looking at you, it just...
1: Yeah, damn that Prohibition. How about it? Indeed. Let us find this Stanley Moss janitor slash groundskeeper of Arkham, of Miskitonic University. And then we will return to Boston, where I may phone Bertram and tell him of this latest development. I'm sure he'll have some advice for me later.
0: You guys did gather information about Mr. Moss. You know that he was an employee at Miskatonic. They gave you his information as well as being in the hospital. You do know his home address as being on the corner of Washington and East Street in a little tenement building. Driving over or walking over? It's a lovely day. Nice, cold, brisk New England winter day. How far is it? It'll take you a while to walk if you wish to walk. And we're already late in the uh, day, so probably drive?
2: Yeah,
1: drive. Yes.
0: So you guys drive over there. It doesn't take you long at all. When you see the Tenement House, it's probably has 15 little apartments in this building. You know he's on the first floor. Who's going to knock on that door?
1: Oh, Philip's going to knock on that door.
0: As you knock on the door... You hear movement from inside. You hear some items kind of crash and fall, and then eventually a a thud against the door, and then a man opens it. He's a little bleary-eyed, and he looks at you and and how you're dressed.
1: It's a sobering thing to see a gentleman of means so well-dressed in such a terrible place. But Philip, Philip ignores it. He's used to this by now. Who are you? Oh, I say, my good man. I I do hope that you are all right after all that uh, clattering and crashing about. My name is uh, Dr. Philip Weisel. I'm with a federal department of esoteric relics, and I wished to inquire as to your health after seeing a particular film in the basement of the museum. When
0: you get to saying the words uh, about the film, he looks down there's a a definite frown furrowing of the brows and he steps away from the door leaves it open you see him walk back into his apartment and he settles in a chair and he kind of just looks at all of you waiting for you to come in
1: oh i'm coming right in i heard crashing i have to appraise to see if there's anything for me to uh properly acquire
0: well, if anybody wants to look around, tell me in what way you're looking around. What are you kind of looking for? And then we'll decide if that's a spot hidden or an appraise or something else.
1: Philip is going to be looking about at the nicks and knacks, see if there's anything of antique value. Specifically, anything that might have fallen against the floor, because when something crashes, the chances of its value kind of go up and then go rapidly down, depending on how much it's cracked.
0: Make it raw. Uh, The others, Bruno, Finn, Cookie, are you guys taking a look around in the apartment or are you just going to go in and take a seat?
2: I'm going to walk around outside and just see what I can see.
0: Okay, you're just going to walk around outside?
3: Finn is going to go in with Philip and just kind of listen, not really look out for too much unless anything notable stands out.
4: I'm going to go in and sit down and really just look for any immediate danger or any places where someone could jump out and stab her from.
0: So, Bruno, you let the other three step inside and you kind of hang out outside. You smoking a cigarette or?
2: Yeah, just having a smoke, having a little walk. Just to see the guy leaves his trash outside or any chatty neighbors, that kind of thing.
0: All right, so as you begin to stroll around the outside of this building, the door closes as Finn, Cookie, and Philip enter. Um, Philip, you'll notice that there was a pile of newspapers and books that seemed to be stacked by the man's chair. They have been toppled over, and there seemed to be a ceramic mug that has fallen. It has broken on the floor liquid that was once inside is now staining the carpet. The gentleman doesn't seem phased or even concerned about it. Finn, you are in a familiar area to you. You have seen tenement homes like this. You've grown up in tenement homes like this. This is low-income, low-rent kind of uh, accommodations. You'd notice there's no crucifix on the wall. There's no religious images on the wall. you do notice that there seems to be a lot of little tchotchke things that you have no idea what they are. They just seem to be like little statues and that that kind of are scattered everywhere around the place. Cookie. It's a very small little apartment. There's a little kitchenette. There's a a living room area. There's a couple doors, uh, presumably one to a bathroom, one to a bedroom. Those doors are shut. You will also notice the place is in a state of disarray. It is not being cared for. It's very messy. There's dirty clothes. There's dirty dishes piled. There's food on plates on the table. And it's starting to kind of smell a little funky, maybe a little rotten food, maybe a little BO. And the man, Mr. Moss, sits in his chair and he looks at the three of you. and. Figured, figured somebody be coming by to to find out more about what happened. But I mean, it's like I told the curator, I I didn't do anything wrong. I I didn't hurt no one, and and I didn't take anything, and I I didn't tamper with anything. So I I, I mean, I just. There's no reason to, to fire me.
1: Oh, fire you, my no, no, my good man, no. We've no interest in, in firing you, in fact. The only mistake you may have made is talking to that Charlatan of the of a curator. You couldn't find his, his rear end with both hands on a map. No, we wish to inquire as to your health, find out what happened, and ensure that you are well travelled on the road to recovery.
0: So you guys, you guys aren't with with the university. You're not here to investigate anything.
1: Oh, no, We're quite here to investigate. However, we are not with Miskatonic University. No, We are a federal agency that the Americans put together in order to discover and catalog esoteric relics and parchment. And it so happens that we were given a, how do you say it, tip regarding a certain film projector.
0: Yeah. I was um, down in the the storage room. Mr. Doyle told me to go down and and move some things so when the associate curators came in, they they could start bringing stuff up. I just just saw it sitting there, and got a little curious, I guess,
1: yes, do go on,
0: so I set it up and turned it on and <sighs> can't quite explain what happened after that. just it's just weird that. I don't know. It just made me real sad to to see it, and I just I just remember them finding me. I was on the floor, and I was just a a, a blubbering mess.
4: Mister Wheeler, we don't want to make this any harder on you than it has to be. Do you remember anything about the images you saw, or just how it made you feel?
0: I remember some of the, the images there was a, a little girl I, I I guess with her dad or, or some man I, it seemed like a family member of some sort and she looked happy but for some reason or I was I don't know there just hit this point that I just got sad and just there was just some kind of Danger, a foreboding sense and then it just got worse when when you just saw what the what happened to the man later and, and there was nothing he could do and, and again that just that feeling that sensation of, of just helplessness and weakness and it just was overwhelming
1: yes yes quite quite uh, tell me, how long have you been cleaning for the museum?
0: Been there going on ten years?
1: Before today, how many times have you seen this projector?
0: We'd been moving stuff out in recent years, but I think it was listed in one of the catalogs. A projector? It's just... I mean, why would we put that on display? It's not that old, and a lot of other more interesting things. And you'll see him scan the room, looking at the little things that are set around his room.
1: Philip's going to check those out while this guy is also looking at his tchotchkes.
0: And while you're doing that, let's cut to Bruno. Bruno, as you're walking around outside, can you make a spot hidden? As you are walking around and kind of looking at things, you see a curtain a few doors down from Mr. Moss's in a window quickly close as you turn your eyes toward it. You caught the image of a middle-aged woman that was apparently being a nosy neighbor.
2: Crack a little smile to myself. Stip out my cigarette. Take a moment to straighten myself and make myself look presentable. Basically I want to go up and press this lady for directions and then move into smooth talking. So I was looking for something to be like, Hey, I'm trying to find the landmark that is not within eyesight. So I'm not looking around like, Oh, right there. What an idiot I am.
0: You may say that you were looking for wooded graveyard up on hangman's hill, but apparently you've maybe ended up over here at the Christ church cemetery and, could you please have directions over to this cemetery over here?
2: After straightening my stuff, I'm going to go up and I'm going to slowly approach and knock on the door with a little...
0: The door like immediately opens as if she was just... And like I said, the middle-aged woman, her hair done up in a strict bun, glasses on a chain, adorn her face. She's in a very modest dress. She looks like she has a lot of pride of ownership in her little apartment there and the way she presents herself. And as she opens the door, just you could see past her, but you can't see the whole room behind her. She'll look at you and, well, yes. How can I help you?
2: Take my hat off. Bring it down over my chest and uh, good. uh, Good afternoon, ma'am. I'm out of town. And uh, I was looking for the wooded graveyard. I I seem to have ended up in the point over towards the Christchurch Cemetery. And I uh, had an uncle, you see, and uh, I got a little turned around in your beautiful little town here.
0: Oh, 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 Dodo! No, no, yes, you need to go west and north. So just take this street. Go all the way down to west, then go north to maine, and then go um west again, and then you'll see it. Do you need me to write that down?
2: Oh, if you would not mind it's been a It's been a trying couple of days to to get up here and find it out and all of that and everything that's included with that.
0: She'll step away from the door, leaving it open still, and it looks like she steps over to where she has a little desk, and she pulls out a scrap of paper, and she starts writing down instructions.
2: While she's writing it down, I'm just going to give a quick glance around her immediate area.
0: Like I said, a very modest home, well kept, a lot of florals, a lot of art on the walls. You do see a couple of religious uh, little crucifix on the wall, but... Not like it's a grand focal point. It's just there in recognition. She has a couple newspapers, magazines. But it's very well-kept. It's very neat, even though it is very low-income. Do
2: I see anything that I could perhaps use as a common talking point to just get her talking?
0: She does needlepoint, much like your mother did.
2: That's That'll work.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Does she have like a piece just kind of sitting out somewhere?
0: She does. She is working on a little, uh, you know, an old timey sampler where it's got the letters and the the numbers. And then it's got a couple just to show off the different uh, needlepoint stitches techniques. Your mother always told you that these were like gifts for new brides that were just beginning a home.
2: This is like on the table and just right like a step in where you throw your keys or whatever. So I'll take a step in and I will pick it up and give it a look and be looking at it when she turns back around. It's uh it's nice my my mom does or did a lot of needlepoint too. The uh somebody getting married?
0: She kind of looks a little surprised. Yes, my my niece is uh, getting married at the new year and I'm hoping to get that finished before the ceremony.
2: So, yeah. This is better than my mom used to do. She, uh... and then he'll get quiet for a second, then go back to, I'm sure that the bride-to-be it will be very beautiful and that you will be able to get it done. Would it be like a charm? Yes. I think she goes to start talking about it. But Bruno bringing up his mom seems to have affected him a little bit more than what he was really anticipating. And just kind of almost rudely excuses himself from the conversation and doesn't even take the directions that he was given.
0: So you just abandon and uh, exit as quickly as you can, leaving the door wide open and her kind of at a loss as to what just happened, right?
2: No, I think I shut the door because he doesn't want her to see him just kind of like maybe even getting a little upset. Definitely immediately lights up a cigarette as he's walking away rather quickly.
0: And we're going to go back inside where Philip did a praise roll. Philip, as you see the man, Mr. Moss, scan his room when he mentions the museum having more interesting pieces, You'll notice the little tchotchkes that litter his little apartment all seem to be museum quality, but insignificant pieces. They're not like really like priceless pieces. They're just little pieces, but they they seem to be from some kind of archaeological dig or acquired by some means that this man clearly does not have. Unless he was a pilfer.
1: Philip is going to smile and step closer to one of the tchotchkes and pick it up.
0: No, oh, you, you you, be careful with. Oh, with, with you know, my. Oh, you know, they're they're all very precious.
1: Oh, no, no, no. Of course, of course, they are. They are most precious, especially this one. I believe it was found at a archaeological dig near the city of Baghdad about uh, 60 years ago, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, I believe this is Persian, yes. Quite nice. Quite. Uh, they have uh, rather fantastic miniatures, but uh, I, I digress. Excuse me. He puts it back down.
0: He kind of smiles. He looks impressed. He's like, oh, you're one of those... Educated men like Mr. Doyle, huh?
1: <laughs> no. No, no, not like Mr. Doyle. I'm much better.
0: So, I mean, I, I told you what you guys were wanting to, wanting to know. Is is there anything else? And, uh, Philip, if you continue to kind of wander close to his little statues, he's going to Kind of keep an eye on you.
1: Oh, absolutely. I've got to see what else this guy has got in his collection. It's, and as he does so, he's he's making little comments here and there about uh, various places that the stuff is found. And as he's doing so, he also says, Look, Mr. Mr. Moss, you'll have to forgive me. Uh, I'm so taken by your miniatures. Uh, But uh, our interest is specifically in the film projector, and I would like to know how long it has been at the University Museum, because as you said, this is not something that would be taken upstairs and shown in a display. It's only approximately 10 years old. Has it been there since you started, or when was the first time you saw it?
0: Uh, I think the first time I heard about it when I you know saw it on the catalog sheet was maybe four years ago, but like I said, wasn't something wasn't even quite sure why this katonic even had it.
1: Why do you say that?
0: Well I mean it's a projector. It's not really and he'll kind of look at the little statues that litter his apartment it's just not really all that interesting, or even historical.
1: Mm, yes, quite. Now, this this catalogue that you spoke of, did it also list who who um, entered the projector into the lexicon, so to speak?
0: Oh, um, I think it was Old Man Ambrose. The he was a dean here a few years back. Uh, Probably about eight years ago, but he's he passed away last year. Oh. I think he was the one that that was listed on the cataloging thing as the the one that entered it into the museum inventory, but
1: I see. Where might I be able to find more about this dean? Well, I mean, go to the... go
0: talk to Mr. Doyle. I'm sure he'll tell you everything you need to know.
1: Yes, I'm certain he will. Well, my good Mr. Moss, I have taken more than enough of your time, and I am going to be lost admiring your figurines for the next ten hours. Finn, Charlotte, do you have anything that you would like to ask Mr. Moss before we see ourselves out of the door?
4: I just wanted to make sure that you're getting on okay. Did you want me to straighten up any before we left? Just to, you know, help you out, give the home a little uh, womanly touch, do your dishes perhaps? I'll
0: look at you and he'll give you a a warm smile. No, dear, thank you. But you don't need to clean up after a, a... Old man like me.
4: Well, you're just such a nice man, and I'm afraid that you know, with you being sick recently, feeling under the weather, that things might have gotten out of hand for you. Do you have family that will come and check in on you? I just, I don't want to abandon you.
0: He'll kind of stumble standing up again, and he'll walk over to you and he'll grab your hand and, and hold it. And he goes, "No, dear." I'll, I'll be just fine. It'll all pass in a couple of days. I'll be right as rain.
4: Will you do take care, sir? You too, dear.
0: And he'll look to been and kind of squint a little bit. You're awfully young to be a. Who'd you guys say you were with again?
1: Yes, the Department of Esoteric Relics and Parchment. And as you have encountered an esoteric relic, hence we are here. But my good Mister Moss, we have taken more than enough of your time. You have been most gracious, and of exquisite taste in antiques. We must bid you good day, sir.
0: You know, kind of wave y'all and usher you towards the door, let you all be on your way, and. As you open it, Bruno, are you right outside the same door, or are you further down?
2: I would be over by the back of the truck, just kind of sitting on the bumper, smoking.
0: Mr. Moss doesn't see you as he ushers everyone out, but the rest of you, as you exit the little apartment, you'll notice that Bruno is back at the truck, towards the rear of it, just kind of standing there. Is is lost in thought a good description?
2: Uh, maybe, it seems a little distant, just looking off in a direction, and three cigarettes on the ground, stamped out, and another one in his mouth.
0: I mean, you do have that lovely cemetery
4: to look at. Uh, you alright, Meathead?
2: Yeah, is uh... You. we,
1: uh, we ready to go back to the office? I would like to speak more with the curator about, uh, the previous dean, Mr. Ambrose. However. I cannot stand that sack of a man and I'd rather... uh, I suppose I do have to offer a receipt to ensure that we have taken the item and he does not try to beggar the department with claims that we have stolen it. So we must make one quick stop and then we will return to the office and put this all behind us.
4: Honestly, he makes my skin crawl and I feel like insinuated the last time I talked to him that You know, we could have a very friendly dinner, if you know what I'm talking about, the next time I was in town. So if I don't have to do that this evening, that would be great.
1: And you won't have to.
2: If you just want us to go get some paperwork and
1: rattle his cage a bit, uh, take Finn. Why, yes, I would quite like to do that.
4: Just, like, be gentle. I know he's really slimy, there's something weird there, but we might need him for something.
1: I will do this only because I respect you as a compatriot.
4: Thank you, my good man. So you
0: guys drive over to Miskatonic campus again, and Finn and Philip are going to the museum to find Curator Doyle.
1: Yes. Philip is going to reach into the van, and he's going to grab a clipboard that has a piece of paper on it. And on that piece of paper, he writes... This signifies the receipt for one film projector taken from the museum basement on this year of our Lord, December 4th, 1922. Please sign here that you acknowledge that it has been taken, and then he'll make a second copy of it, because that's how you do. And he's going to take it with him into the museum in order to find Curator Doyle.
0: With Finn in tow.
1: With Finn in tow, sure.
0: As you enter and you start looking, you can definitely hear the booming voice of Curator Doyle. As you hear him shouting, Pearson, low! I need you to put your back into it.
1: Oh, um, Finn, my good lad, how about you see if you can <clears throat> assist them in some manner of which you are accustomed?
3: Hmm? Right. Sure thing I can do that. Finn runs over to whoever's lifting stuff.
0: As you come around the corner, you see Curator Doyle seems to be conducting two young men. And they are trying to put together an exhibit where they're trying to move a taxidermied bear. But it's like way bigger than them and way heavier than what they can handle. You can see they're about to drop it a couple times, and they're really having a hard time getting that mounted and set in its position.
3: Your lads need a bit of help.
0: Uh, well, yes, apparently they do need help. They're two strapping young men, and they can't seem to do a simple task. Yes, yes, please help them.
3: All right, well, um, my, um, my co-worker here has some papers for you to sign off for the the thing that we got. Um, I'll help them while you do that.
1: Yes, Curator Doyle, if you uh, would please sign here, and here, and here. And this signifies that we've taken receipt of your projector, which you have uh, left to us because you cannot be <clears throat> asked to deal with
5: it.
0: Oh, t- fine. Give me your silly document. I'll sign it. What... Uh, everything seems when are we going to get it back i mean it's not as if i need it back it's a silly projector it's it's of this it's of this century what is the point of having this in the museum
1: well that would be a question to ask the dean ambrose but i do not believe he's here
0: (laughs) a hard thing to ask a dead man now isn't it
1: well, I mean, Curator Doyle, you seem to be a man of cosmopolitan taste. Certainly that you can find that information of any man that could possibly do so on God's Earth. That would be you, would it not?
0: Ugh. I read Dean Ambrose's notes about it. The ramblings of an old man.
1: Do you have those ramblings, perhaps?
0: I'm sure. In a file? I'm, I'm sure Miss Potts can... Located?
1: Well, then, I won't take any of your time, and neither will my compatriot. Can you point us in the direction of Miss Potts, please? And then we will be out of your... He looks at the top of Doyle's head. Mm, here. And be on our way back to Boston.
0: Well, you'll find Miss Potts near the exit.
1: Capital! Uh, Finn, my good man, we are leaving immediately. He'll turn and walk towards the exit with his papers.
3: Uh well sorry lads, my um my mate there's a bit of an arse. Um I'd help you more, but I gotta head out.
1: Come on then, the curator can t- to take care of it all by his lonesome.
3: Come along. Make a luck roll. Make a luck roll? Mm-hmm.
0: Oh, So, Finn, as you you tell the two young men who are trying to wrestle this taxidermied bear, as you step away and say, well, sorry, guys, can't help you, you don't get five steps away before you hear a crash. The bear falls to the ground. Doyle is screaming at them. As he does, he intersperses this yelling tirade with British man taking up my time, distracting me from my good work. And this is what you hear as you guys exit.
1: We are going to find Miss Potts and acquire this uh notes of a raving lunatic dean. And Philip is in exceedingly high spirits now.
0: As you uh go towards the exit, you do see a little desk off to the right, a very nice uh, older woman sitting at it, and she seems to be sipping tea and perusing the newspaper.
1: As she's perusing the newspaper, Philip is going to lift up the paper on the clipboard, and there is a slight indent from where curator Doyle has just slabbed his signature on sloppily, because... And Philip is going to squeak in on this blank paper with the indent the permission to take these notes, and then attempt to gently forge Doyle's signature, just to make it a little bit legitimate.
0: Let's roll it. All right. So you will definitely be able to make that document. Say what you will. And as you walk up and uh, present that.
1: Ah, Miss Potts, I presume. Yes. Uh, Yes, it is a pleasure to meet you. My name is uh, Dr. Philip Weisel. I am actually with the Department of Esoteric Relics and Parchment. Uh, I have been sent by uh, Curator Doyle. To uh, acquire some paperwork from the previous dean, an Ambrose, if you will, uh, per his requisition form here that he has signed, I will require all of the documents from this Ambrose that you currently possess.
0: Oh, and, and she looks at the document. Oh, if Mister Doyle wants me to give that to you, of course. Let me just gather those. I'm surprised he wants someone to take a He always said, to just put it in the back of the filing cabinet and to just forget about it.
1: Oh, well, what better way to forget about it than to hand it off to some gentleman from a federal agency? It should be no trouble to him or to you at all. You are most radiant and wonderful, and I thank you in advance.
0: She'll give you a little smile and she'll toddle off, go into a file cabinet, open it up, and pulls the drawer all the way out to the way back. She pulls a a little folder out that's kind of tied with string and old papers. And and she hands the bundle to She goes, well, this should be all of them.
1: My dear, thank you. I have not met someone so radiant and helpful and charming since my time in the Souks of Marrakesh. I bid you good day and uh, feel free to file that away before Mr. Doyle sees it so he's not bothered with it. Thank you again.
0: Don't worry, I'll let Mr. Doyle know that you've got them.
1: Yes, that will do just fine, thank you. And, yeah, he'll put those in his little phallus and snap it shut, and he does that little wiggle when somebody has achieved a, a prime success against a somebody who thinks they're a rival but really aren't.
0: Well, because he's, you know, so above your league. All right, so Finn and Philip, are you guys going to exit the museum? Anything else you want to do here before you go? Or are you going to get back with uh, Cookie and Bruno?
1: Do one quick last look around and then get back in the car and get moving back to to Boston, I think. Finn, what do you think?
3: (laughs) That may be a good idea.
0: One last look around the museum and you will see, much like when you first entered it, the hustle and bustle of people getting things arranged. And and you'll also see some signage that's been put up that kind of is promoting the, like a grand opening of sorts. Fresh exhibits, updated, Miskatonic University, Wonders of the World, that kind of thing.
3: While we're going around, Finn is specifically going to be looking for cult objects that might be of interest.
0: Well, Finn, it's a very famous book, and it is known to be at Miskatonic. And you do see it as you walk out in one of the other rooms under a big glass cabinet case. In the center of the room is the very old tome. And I believe you would have heard of it uh, called the Necrocomicon.
3: Which translation? Is this the Latin one or the Arabic?
0: Aladdin one. It is uh, the Hologariel of cultists, but it is here in Miskatonic under the watchful eye of Curator Doyle.
3: Philip, um... Uh, yes, my good man. I, this book here, um... Do you really trust that lad to watch this book specifically? It's, um... um do you know this book?
1: I will appraise this book
0: yes philip you know this book this is a vile tome a, a horrible grotesque violent origin used uh, abused by people uh claiming to do nefarious works and deeds sacrificing uh, people this this book is just, basically should just be drenched in blood
1: Yes, yes, that's all well and good, but uh, how much is it worth to the right people?
0: It would be worth a lot to the right people. People that your organization does not work with. May I remind you as a government agency?
1: Finn, my lad. I don't trust Curator Doyle to watch the ducks in the park. However, I would need more than a slip of paper with a Ford signature in order to acquire this book.
3: Right. So, we need to actually get proper permission to um, give it better protection. If we fabricate something so that the curator here is completely incompetent, then we can bring that evidence to our boss man, and we can then have it removed from his possession. That's probably the easiest way to get this dealt with properly.
1: Yes, yes, Finn, that would be. That would be the easiest way to do this. I think that we have a drive back to Boston in order to... hmm, And he lowers his voice. Get our story straight. hmm?
3: Sounds like a plan.
1: All right, now we'll stop splitting the party and get back in the car.
0: So you're all in, back in the car, driving back to Boston. Anything anybody wants to do before you leave beautiful Arkham
3: When we get back in the car, Finn takes the book of poetry and starts reading it or at least translating it parts of it into uh English at least he tries to.
0: Well, you're Latin You are able to translate it and in... boy, is this really terrible poetry.
1: Philip is going to open his valise and take the notes out and start going through the notes from Dean Ambrose regarding this projector. Because somebody else can drive.
0: So as you guys are driving back and Philip is reading the papers, Philip, you'll see they seem to be just pieces of his personal journal. And within them he does have a lot of mad ramblings. The passages that contain references to the projector he talks about it being dangerous he talks about it needing to be sequestered from the public he actually states that he wanted to have it labeled as do not touch do not exhibit storage permanently kind of a thing but nobody believed him as to its risk He'll mention that he found it in a movie house in a small coastal city in Massachusetts. But he dares not say its name.
2: we have any idea what a hotbed for paranormal activity in a small coastal city might be? Or is that a not yet?
0: Not yet. I mean, unless somebody has... Geography or would like to roll their occult Lovely. Everybody failed but Philip, of course.
1: Of course.
0: Yes, Philip, you know. You have heard tales of the city.
1: Ah. Yes, yes. The the film house in Innsmouth, I believe.
0: Well, if you want to pronounce it incorrectly as a Brit, sure. We here in New England call it Innsmouth You may share whatever you wish with everyone
1: How curious It seems that our Dean Ambrose Found this projector That he terms quite dangerous By the way At a film house in Innsmouth Massachusetts I've heard tales of it It's very mm, How do you Yanks say it Kinky.
0: For you guys to understand, Ambrose doesn't outright say it. This is Philip's conjecture from his personal knowledge.
1: It's uh, never heard of it. Well, no, you didn't set it on fire, and he'll try to eat it. Of course, you don't know what it is. Turn from the driver's seat, look back at Philip, and then turn back. Philip is engrossed in these notes. He's not even paying attention.
3: So, funny thing, Um, do we trust the curator there to um, keep safe very powerful magics? I I know your your stance there, Philip. I'm not asking the other two. Uh, Because there's um, a well-known magical book written by um, a man named um, the Mad Arab Abdul Al-Hazred. The, the Latin translating of this book um, and um, there's some dark spells in that one or so I've heard um, and um, we were trying to t- trying to think of a way to uh, t- to get it out of his hands in case you know so it doesn't fall into bad hands
1: At mention of Al Hazred, Philip is going to stop and look up and raise his eyebrow at this young upstart having near encyclopedic knowledge of the Necronomicon and then just shake his head and go back to his notes.
2: I'll look up into the rearview mirror to see the two of them in the back seat. Is this uh, another preemptive action?
3: That's my thought. I I don't know if we can trust the lad.
1: I mean, no, we certainly cannot. However, we are agents of an American agency that deals with esoteric relics and parchment, as I am so fond of saying, and I am certain that you are all so fond of hearing me say it. However, we would require permission from our superior agent... Patterson, son of Patter, in order to acquire the book without any undue fuss, because we require an authority greater than ours. I can only get so far with Director Doyle's signature.
3: You have
2: Director Doyle's signature, and, uh, you think this is a problem?
1: How do you think I got these notes?
4: everyone loves him if you have his signature it just opens all the doors for you didn't you notice that
1: I did notice that however we are talking about a tome that is under glass in its own personalized exhibit that will get his attention and once he has attention he will not let us take the tome
2: I'm just going to slow the car down pull over lean back over the seat we could have phoned the office, gotten the the go-ahead, and
1: uh, if you got his signature, we'll just make some shit up. Bruno, I want to make sure that I'm hearing you correctly. Upon the advice of Finn, and his description of this tome, you wish us to turn around go back to Miskatonic University in sunny Arkham, Massachusetts. You wish us to phone our superior to get tacit permission to take this book, and then you requesting me personally to forge the signature on a new requisition form outlining the receipt of one copy of the Necronomicon in, I believe it was Latin. Is that correct, Finn? That's right. In Latin, to be taken back to the office forthwith. Is that correct?
2: He looks to... Charlotte or Cookie as like yeah you've already seemingly committed some kind of
1: crime to get those notes no crime was committed he gave me verbal permission i just ensured that it was concrete in case anybody called again later very well you call the agent i have a receipt to forge I'm Gonna
2: turn the car around head back to the next gas station, grab a payphone.
4: Bruno, let me do the talking here. I know that oftentimes they don't listen to me because I'm a woman, but I really think that I could charm the pants off of our boss this time.
1: Wait, what do you mean this time? Have you... No, no, never mind. I do not wish to know.
4: Okay, I'm good with that. Anybody got a nickel for the payphone?
1: Philip has a nickel. He will toss the nickel to Cookie, but it will hit Bruno on the shoulder and fall to the ground.
4: And I'll like hold on to Bruno's shoulder, you know, give them the old one handed tap as I reach down to pick up the mess and eyeball the weasel. Thanks, Philip.
2: The pleasure is all mine. I assure you. Can have a conversation with Finn while Cookie is calling.
0: All right. Well, have your conversation, and then we'll go to Cookie.
2: Uh. So. Uh. Is that. Is that book about the same size as the other book?
3: Um. Not at all. Um. The. The book we're looking for. Or where the. the, then Necronomicon. It's um puts his hands out to about like a foot wide and a foot and a half long. It's a really big book compared to his small almost pocket book size. They're nowhere near the same. Do you think we
2: could make a fake one quickly? Or is this a little more complicated? Oh uh,
3: it's I mean it's an we could hmm. Um, I couldn't. I know that for sure. There's lots of markings and stuff and the book was open on um, on display. So we'd have to put the actual Latin characters and it's in a very fancy writing. It's from a few hundred years ago. So, you know, and the, the monks did all their scribing and all their fancy drawing on the sides and that sort of thing. And it has the same sort of pattern. So, yeah, I need a real artist to get to it to get it right.
2: I want to motion for the the book that you have, the poetry book. Give a quick look through that. How many people you think, uh, you think actually read Latin in there?
3: I am not certain I never went to school in uh, America. I would assume at least half of them. At least in the history department. Latin's a pretty popular language, or at least it was
2: look over to Philip. How many, uh, how many people you think actually read Latin on the regular?
1: At a university, there should be an entire department of historical studies. About f- four out of ten will be reading Latin. However, how many wish to read Latin? I would say closer to one out of ten.
3: Well, not Latin's a very beautiful language. I'm sure it's more than one in ten.
1: My good lad, we're in America. They barely speak English. Well, that's true. Not gonna
2: rise to the occasion on that one. You think anybody actually reads it while it's out there in the, uh, in the hallway or whatever?
3: You know what? I don't think so. I don't think they would pay too much attention. At least, maybe, nah, I don't think so. I think we could get away with that. If you put in one or two phrases, from the actual book, where, you know, occultists sound in words. You know, don't put the Lord's Prayer in there, sort of thing, because people will catch that real quick.
2: And I'll hold the the book of Latin poetry, or maybe some uh, some terrible poetry. i hand it
1: back to Finn.
3: It's not half bad, but it is pretty terrible. It might work.
1: If we are going to requisition this book, why do we need a replacement? I contend that we do not. As for who would be reading it, I believe it would be people with very specific knowledge of the writings of Al Hazrid, of which there seem to be two in this vehicle. Do you uh do you think the people back at the office are just gonna allow us to, to do this? I am fairly certain that they would not unless it was properly imparted on them the importance of Ensuring this book does not see the light of day.
2: There's a, uh, let's call it an old turn of phrase. It's better to ask forgiveness than permission. Philip sighs. Lights his pipe. Light a cigarette. Offer a cigarette to Cookie as she walks back over.
4: Hey, thanks, Bruno. So, um, I got, Peterson's secretary. Apparently, he's out on the golf course somewhere. He's not going to be back for at least a day or two. I left him a message, but that's all I can do right now. Sorry to let you guys down.
1: No, Peterson, you say? Well, yes, of course, Peterson would be on the golf course, but Patterson would be the one to speak to. Do you need another nickel?
4: No. I called Agent Patterson. He's out on oh. the Peterson. Never mind. Patterson. God damn it. I called Agent Patterson. He's out on the golf course. He's not going to be back for, you know, a day or two. I'm sorry, guys. I let you down.
3: Does it really take a day or two to get 18 holes in?
4: I think he's doing some kind of, uh, I don't know. It it seemed like it was a weekend long thing. I, I have no idea.
2: Might be out with our boy Samuel. Which is a shame. Could use a, a good picture of this book. The way I see it, we've uh we followed the rules. We tried to call to the office, they didn't answer. You know, this is a
1: time is of the essence. Philip is gonna hold up a hand. His pipe is in it, but he's gonna hold up the hand regardless. This would be outright theft. Now, mind you, I'm not against outright theft. However, I do not think this is something that we can beg forgiveness for. If we draw attention to this book, it means we draw attention from people that may well want the book for more nefarious purposes. Purposes that book can most certainly achieve. I have a stain on my soul, yes, but I do not wish another one. I would much prefer to have official permission from the department. That way, I might be able to sleep for once this month.
2: Well, let me put this out there first, then. What if they don't give us permission? And he just puts his hands on his hips, like, now what do you got?
4: Listen, Bruno, it's been safe. Nobody knows how long it's been there. It's under glass. It's not bothering anybody right now. Give it. A day or two, man, when Patterson comes back, we'll totally talk to him, and we'll make a course of action like going forward, but I don't think that we need to go back and rob the school.
2: Look over to Finn
3: yeah, no i'm um I'm with uh, Philip and uh, Cookie here. I, um I don't need to go to jail.
2: Oh, it's not so bad. All right, all right. And he puts his hands up in defeat.
3: Gets
1: back in the car. Philip gets back in the back seat and goes back to reading his notes.
3: Then he goes back to trying to translate a book of bad poetry.
4: Hey, uh, Bruno, you mind if I take a nip off your bottle real quick so I can take a nap on the way home?
2: He'll pass it over to you.
4: Thanks, man. We'll get through this.
2: Looks at you just kind of curiously, like, we'll get through this. Like, does some kind of tragedy happen that he doesn't know?
4: She raises her eyebrows. Because as far as Cookie's concerned, every day is a tragedy now.
0: As you guys drive back to Boston, and when we come back, we will be in the office doing whatever it is you guys plan on doing.
5: So, uh, thanks for meeting me. I know this is a little unusual, us meeting away from the rest of the group, but i just had a couple of questions if you might be willing to share a couple answers.
0: (laughs) Unusual is putting it lightly. Don't think I don't know what everyone's been saying behind my back.
5: Well, you know, you we're the first one to find one of these relics and, you know, we're all looking for them. So, you know, people are a little nervous. But, I mean, wouldn't you be if the situation had been reversed?
0: Well, I guess that's a fair point. I would want to make sure i secured my spot if somebody had found one of the items so what is it i can do for you then
5: well i mean you know you have found this book and i was just wondering if it might be possible for me to take a look at it maybe we can find some more details on where some of the other Relics are located because, you know, we need the rest of them to complete the ritual. And, you know, we've been looking and we haven't had a whole lot of success, obviously. So, you know, I was thinking maybe we could exchange information and try to advance the cause.
0: Hmm. Well, It's true, I haven't gotten very far with the book right now. As much as I pride myself on knowing and researching uh, the items, uh, the book right now escapes me. I'm unable to make much headway into reading it. So if you want to help, it's fine. As we already know, I've secured my
5: place. Exactly. You're, you're set. You're secure. But, again, without the rest of the relics, you know, I mean, yes, you obviously gain some power from having the book, but we can't accomplish our ultimate goal without the rest. So, you know, helping each other helps us all. And if I happen to secure my place in the process, so much the better.
0: So what makes you think the book will give a clue as to the location of the other
5: items? It may not, but it's the one new piece of information we have. You know, I've gone over what we already have. And, you know, I'm at a loss for where to go next, so... This is new information, possibly new leads.
0: So you'll help me decipher the book and then in return, well, not even in return. I'm really failing to see my benefit here. I've already have my place. You need the book. You want to find another item to secure your place, I'm not seeing the benefit to me.
5: Well, as you said, you're having some trouble with the book. If I can help you research the book, the more you learn from the book, the better you are. And if I pick up a little information to advance my cause, you know, it's a benefit for me and I will remember that you helped me to achieve that.
0: Hmm. How about one more thing?
5: Yes, what would that be?
0: Well, if you hear anyone in the group talking about making a move against me or doing anything that would harm me I would expect at least a warning if not your outright interference in their plans
5: a warning definitely interference is definitely possible depends on exactly what happens and when i mean you know i'm not going to get myself killed for you i'll be upfront about that
0: (laughs) don't worry I feel the same about you. Oh, it is October 16th. We are here with Call of Cthulhu being run by Mary Sue, and Chuck has something important to say.
3: Chuck is wrong. Mary Sue is right. You get, <laughs> The GM gets to decide when you get experience upgrade things.
4: I'm really sorry. I didn't hear that. Girl power, <laughs> what did you say?
3: <laughs> uh, something along the lines of Mary Sue is right.
1: Alright, so... That's not only going into the blooper reel. That's going (laughs) going to start the recording for this session when we release it.
3: Perfect.
0: Um, So what Chuck is, what we're talking about here, uh, Chuck Finn for Call of Cthulhu, is uh, when it comes to uh, character advancement, it is GM discretion. It is either after the session or at any point the GM feels the group has done enough to warrant making their um, roles on uh, their advancement roles on any skills that they used in the session that they were successful on. Um, And uh, earlier today, I did let the team, the the group know that they could indeed make their advancement uh, roles if they so desired. And um, there was some debate, but. As we've now learned, I was right. And it is up to the GM's discretion. Ah, Feels good to say.
2: <laughs> it is so- very exciting.
0: <laughs> so,
4: like how good? Like milk and cookies good or like warm bath and candles good?
0: All right. I don't do the warm bath and candles. That's a chick thing.
4: All right. So cold a glass beer and of cigar. <laughs> uh,
0: glass of expensive scotch and a cigar good. Yeah. Excellent. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Vin, for starting the evening off right.
3: Oh, I just, just, what I was, that's my whole plan the entire time.
0: You're fantastic. Thank you for being thoughtful. So with <laughs> that in mind, um, what does the advancement look like? Uh, Philip, what did you do? Nothing. Uh, you failed your advancement test
1: roll? I did. I only succeeded in one roll last session, and that was spot hidden. And then I succeeded again in my spot hidden role, which means that I do not actually get to advance that skill. In fact, I exceeded that roll to a result that I would be able to see through the folds of space and time. (laughs) Except that's not what I wanted to do it.
0: It'll be your best role tonight.
1: Oh, absolutely.
0: And Bruno?
2: Oh, I failed both my spot hit and my dodge advancement role. I need to just get in the habit of punching somebody, you know. Probably Philip. Wow. Rude.
0: And Finn?
3: So, Finn um, succeeded his spot hidden roll, so he does not um, gain a boost, but he does gain luck. And not just because he's Irish.
4: <laughs> and Cookie? Uh, I succeeded with my charm roll and my intimidate roll, uh, and also my luck roll. So I increased all of them.
0: Okay. So as we can see on the advancement roll, even though we did it after one session, not many of you were able to advance. Correct.
1: Correct. Mm-hmm. How's
0: that feel? Is that a bit? Is that is that an element of the game that's lacking?
2: Well, we only played, like, one session, so it's kind of hard to...
0: No, 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 no. Point of order, you've played a prologue. Well, yeah, a but group like... prologue and this session. Is this advancement mechanic right now, in your opinion, lacking
1: or no? Uh, no. I don't mind it at all. No. Okay.
3: Yeah, no, I like it. My one problem is it's a little too random, but... Overall it's good.
0: Okay. Okay. And Bruno
2: I I feel I need more data because okay. like um after the prologue it was like here's a bunch of skill points because time passes and after the prologue there was all kinds of uh everybody had more than like two random skills checked mm-hmm. because it's only on successes that you check it so it's like, alright, you know I, I failed that roll on my law use for, because that's where my cursor is hovering, so I guess that, you know, moving moving along
3: Okay I, I guess another one thing I don't like is it can encourage munchkinism to try and just use all your skills to just a random skill to solve a problem so that you have a chance of uh, something or other to level up that skill but i don't i don't think we're going to abuse that but it is a possibility. Mhm.
2: Mm-hmm.
4: Could um could i ask you to explain what munchkinism means a little more? Oh.
3: Could... To munchkin is to abuse the system to your benefit usually at the detriment of either other people or the fun of the game.
4: Thank you.
2: Has the truck been tampered with? No. Are you sure?
0: Refresh my
2: memory.
1: Are you sure?
0: Why would somebody tamper with your government-licensed vehicle?
2: Because we just put a spooky projector in it? No. And, like, you know, this is how cults happen?
0: No. Nobody has messed with it.
2: Also, I blame many years of Scooby-Doo and the van always breaking down.
0: This is not the artifact they're looking for. That's a stretch,
4: but I'll allow it. (laughs) I'm going to go in and sit down and really just look for any immediate danger or any places where someone could jump out and stab her from. Paranoia is real, folks. Can you pick a spot (laughs) You scare me.
0: (laughs) Done nothing to you, but introduce you to the nicest of NPCs.
1: What's that charlatan that works?
0: That is a well-educated man, sir. You would do well to befriend him. She'll step away from the door, leaving it open still, and it looks like she steps over to where she has a little desk, and she pulls out a scrap of paper, and she starts writing down instructions.
2: In ye olden times of the 1920s, is it more proper for me to wait outside or to just take a step inside so I'm not seen standing on her
0: porch? It would be – you would wait for an invitation to come in, but okay, you could always just, you know, disrespect rules much
4: like you did in the hospital and just step in.
1: Yeah, I don't see what the, <laughs> what the trepidation
4: is here. We straight – one of us told a lady she was going to hell. Like, I don't think <laughs> walking is. into a ho- apartment uninvited is going to, like, send you anywhere.
2: <laughs> no, I think I shut the door because okay. he doesn't want her to see him just kind of, like, maybe even getting a little upset.
0: Do you go outside and cry a little bit?
2: No, he's a tough guy. He doesn't cry.
0: So he cries a lot? Okay.
2: No, not out here. Never. Uh <laughs>
0: Who'd you guys say you were with again?
3: We're at a Department of Isoteric. Isoter Wow. We're at the Department of Isoteric um uh oh, relics and parchments? Is that it? I can't remember. Yeah, that's it. Yes. I
0: mean you do have that lovely cemetery to look at as you think about your dead mother.
2: Wow, well, thanks.
4: Wow. (laughs) (laughs) That's like mean, bro.
0: (laughs) People that your organization does not work with, may I remind you as a government agency?
1: So what you're saying is if we (laughs) confiscated this under the banner of the Department of Esoteric Relics and Parchment, this relic being both esoteric and parchment... So we're at three of four if it was his own it's in a department. So that's all, that's four for four. <laughs> but if we kept it away from prying eyes, then we would be doing our job as agents of the department. And I get to sock it to that little cretin one more time.
0: If you were to try to take this book, um, you would probably start a big issue between Miskatonic and Herb.
1: If I got caught.
0: If you are going to be a government agent and steal the book, that may be a bigger, bigger issue. Mm. But feel free. I'm sure Agent Patterson would love to send you back to Curator Doyle with the book once he finds out you have it, with your tail between your legs offering a humble apology to Curator Doyle. You are able to translate it And Boy, is this really terrible poetry.
1: Clearly that means it spells. (laughs) I don't know.
3: Only logical solution.
1: I I do not know of a spell on God's green earth that starts with there once was a man from Nantucket. (laughs) 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 You ever been to Nantucket? (laughs) Yes, that's where I met the man. Yes, yes, the the film house in Innsmouth, I believe.
0: Well, if you want to pronounce it incorrectly as a Brit, sure. We here in New England call it Innsmouth.
1: Hmm, no, 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 it's Innsmouth. You must speak the Queen's English. <laughs> King's English, Jesus Christ. <laughs> it's not the Queen's English for another 35 years. Mm. He will toss the nickel to Cookie, but it will hit Bruno on the shoulder and fall to the ground. (laughs) You son of a bitch. (laughs) Oz here, just chiming in at the end to say thanks for continuing to support us with your ears, bumping us by word of mouth, and even with Patreon donations, which is pretty awesome. If you aren't on our Discord, feel free to come on by and get a Without a Net welcome. If you are, you know how we do. We couldn't continue to do this without your support and feedback, so if you do have feedback, this is me personally begging you to let us know. We know we can always do better, and we'd love to know when we're doing well. Anyway, a couple of disclaimers. The music you heard in the intro and the outro is from The Great Old Ones and Other Beings album by Graham Plowman. You can find that on YouTube. It is some excellent Call of Cthulhu music. Call of Cthulhu 7th edition is produced by Chaosium, Inc. Without a net podcast has no affiliation with Chaosium, Inc. We just think 7th edition is pretty bomb. and We're going to go ahead and try it out. We get no kickbacks from Chaosium, nor do we expect any. Although that may change in the future, but probably not. I hope you all had a wonderful time listening to this, and we will see you next week.